1: Team USA men win gold, holding off France. Kevin Durant was phenomenal in this tournament, so so they win the gold medal. And uh, we have NBA free agency to talk about. The Timberwolves are very quiet on that front. They get ready for Summer League. They had a big event at Target Center last night. Uh, just shy of 9,000 fans showed up. At Target Center, Jace Frederick joins us from the Pioneer Press. He covers the Timberwolves and other sports. He was out at the 3M Open earlier this summer. Jace, how you been?
2: Hey, Steve, pretty good. I can't believe it's already early August. How about with you?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. The Vikings back at work. Uh, we're getting ready for high school sports in these parts. Before you know it, the Timberwolves are going to be starting training camp. It is amazing how time flies.
2: Yeah, last night Chris Finch was at that that summer league jam event, I forget the official name of it, but, and he was, you know, they interviewed him on the court and he's like, yeah, six weeks to training camp. And I was like, six weeks to training camp. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it comes fast.
1: Yeah. You're going to be spending a lot of time at Mayo Clinic square. Once camp gets underway as uh, the, the, the team gets ready, Let, let's start with the Timberwolves right now and where they stand uh, free agency, very quiet. Indeed. Uh, did, did, the big news, Ricky Rubio on the way to Cleveland.
2: Yeah, and that was a move that, for all intents and purposes, seems like it was largely to clear cap space. And now it, the thought was not like a lot of cap space, but it's the situation where it gives you more money, where you can, you know, re Jaron Vanderbilt, re Jordan McLaughlin, maybe take on a little bit of extra money in a trade. Now we'll see if any trade comes to fruition. But I do see that as a big loss for them in the fact that Ricky Rubio was Anthony Edwards' favorite teammate, Um, and and he talked again and again about the impact Ricky Rubio had on him in his rookie season. And you know, everybody I think downplays that because they think, well, this is professional basketball; like you don't need leaders. Um, Guys can other guys can step up as leaders. Anthony Edwards shouldn't need somebody leading him every year. But Anthony Edwards is still a young kid, Um, so I think that was I think Ricky Rubio was really valuable for one year. I personally think it would have been really valuable for two years, but. The Wolves clear a little cap space by acquiring Tayshaun Prince. Tayshaun Prince is also, excuse me, Torian Prince. Jeez, not Tayshaun, there's a blast from the past. Uh, but Torian yeah. Prince, he, he's a good shooter, uh, decent size. He's somebody they could try out at the four, though I think he's a little small for that. But he can have a role on this team as well.
1: Yeah, when you you look to the Timberwolves, um, there, there was a lot of thought heading into the off season. You know, you, getting, you know, a veteran big guy, you know, someone who – who can play defense and rebound a little bit? Uh, but there's still a challenge in all of that. You, you got to find a player willing to sign and uh, w- willing to get involved in this thing. And we're we're still a long way from the start. Not a long way, but you know, six weeks from camp, long way from the start of the regular season. So there still is time. But I, I still think there is a sense that that the Timberwolves have needs coming into. The- this season, if they're going to take any sort of a meaningful step forward and have a chance to maybe sneak into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and that's where, I mean, you're right. The biggest thing everybody thought heading into
1: the offseason, the whole
2: storyline was, well, who's going to be the power forward for this team because Jane McDaniels is great, but you look at him and, and, frankly, he's at his best when he's out running around chasing wings and guards and using his length to really frustrate them. And he wasn't as effective when he's guarding bigger guys down low power forward doesn't seem to be as natural fit small forward certainly does so the whole thought was okay well then who's the power forward on this team you could plug in jared vanderbilt for another season but i think the thought was that's the easiest spot to upgrade it's the most sensible spot to upgrade but they frankly haven't upgraded anything and that was difficult to do with their cap situation and their roster and who they were willing to move and not willing to move and you're right there is time they could still pull a trade but guys who made sense in free agency have signed in other places and now you are looking just at trades and what are your options and are you willing to get rid of to make those types of deals? And and is it worth giving up draft assets for somebody who maybe might help you win two more games next year? You know, we don't know exactly how that will play out. Or do you just kind of roll with what you have now and say, okay, we saw that there were some positives last year. It wasn't awesome at any point, but it did get a little bit better towards the end of the year. Let's see what another year with Chris Finch, some continuity in this roster, and maybe some health can do.
1: Yeah, health being a huge one because as soon as they started to get everyone together – then you had Malik Beasley go down uh, with an injury, and he wasn't available down the stretch. But at least you were able to get D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and some of these other pieces that are going to be the core going forward together. And there was some positives. I mean, let's let's be fair. Um, when, when they were together, uh, it, it was a team that was eliminated from playoff contention, but there were still positives. There were there was still some things that you could say, hey, there could be a light at the end of the tunnel here with this group
2: yeah no question I'm, i think and anthony edwards i think it starts there like the way he played down the stretch he was phenomenal he saw this he flashed some signs that like this could be a star player in the nba if he takes another step forward from where he was at the end of last oh. season like look out because that's like an all-star level player and d'angelo russell i thought slid in really well next game kind of Deferring to Edwards at times when he needed to, playing well off of him, creating for others. I think that was a good role for D'Angelo when he's not asked to maybe carry all of the scoring load. Carnal City Towns as Carnal City Towns. We know him. like They fit decently well together. Now, they, the problems were like they still didn't defend well enough at times, especially not late in games. Uh, a lot of these wins, some of these wins came against teams that were totally tanky, trying to lose every single game down the stretch. The Wolves weren't that great against some of the elite teams. Like even when they beat Utah, it was without Donovan Mitchell. So, like, I think what they have can definitely be like a 500 team. The question is, is that what you want? Is that what you're shooting for? Do you think that can eventually develop into a something that's contending farther to where you're trying to get into the playoffs? And I think that's where people want to see roster improvement. But there's no problem, I think, with seeing, okay, exactly what do we have right now? And if it's a 500 team that gets in the play, in, well, what do you do there? And then maybe next offseason, you're like, okay, now we know exactly what we have. We've seen how good this team can be. We see where the obvious flaws are. And let's go from there. Like, I think that's the positive way to look at this is there are positive signs. It's fine running it back and see what you have from there and see basically what Anthony Edwards' trajectory is as well.
1: And, and Jace, do you still think they're in a transition because of the ownership situation? Or doesn't that matter at this point that uh, eventually Glenn Taylor is going to exit and and ultimately Mark Lori and Alex Rodriguez are going to take over this and, and, and chart a course for the organization. Is, is that part of it, or is that just a non-factor in your opinion?
2: Well, I, think, I don't think it can be, because if you're Gerson Rosas, I don't think you can afford to sit on your hands, because frankly, if two years from now this team is still in the same spot, well, then if you're Mark Laurie and Alex yeah. Rodriguez coming in, you're saying, well, uh, Gerson Rosas and his people have been in here for four years, and, we're not seeing much positive. Let's, let's bring in our own guys here. Our, let's go through our own hiring process, find people we like to, to take over the basketball side of this thing. I think there's Rosas for these next two years. There has to be tangible improvement. Uh, there has to be signs that this is clearly heading in a very good direction to make Mark Lori and uh, Rodriguez come in and say, okay, it looks like the right people are already in place and so we don't have to do anything here.
1: Yeah. Um, you, you did a piece about uh, McKinley Wright, the fourth, and I, I know a lot of, Minnesota high school basketball fans were, were thrilled to see the Timberwolves make this move. It was it was kind of funny to read the comments uh, on Twitter after the Timberwolves got a deal done with McKinley Wright that, you know, Colorado, uh, Colorado Buffalo fans were saying, why didn't the Denver Nuggets step up and sign this guy? They signed him to a two-way deal. He's going to be in the summer league, but, uh, you know, he he is one that clearly got away. Um, I saw him play a lot in high school. He played just down the street. Called a lot of his games on on local cable TV when he was in high school. I I, I just loved him as a player. Uh, seems like a really good kid. Was headed for Dayton. Archie Miller uh, bails on Dayton. Heads for Indiana. That that kind of made him a free agent. He ends up in Colorado. And anybody who knew McKinley Wright or was around the team or around the coach knew how badly he wanted to play at Minnesota. It was a big miss by Richard Petino for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, at the time, like they obviously they take Isaiah Washington old, from yeah. from New York ahead of McKinley Wright and at the time yes Washington was ranked higher. But I think people around here especially were like when you watched McKinley, right, you could tell he was a really good player. I saw his junior year and thought he was pretty good. His senior year was like, this kid and Trey Jones are the two best guards in the entire state. Um, oh. And yeah. that was, I, don't, I don't think that was up for any kind of debate. McKinley was certainly the best player in that senior class and it was like, this is a guy you have to get. And you have to know that you have somebody like that of McKinley's caliber who is going to come in and help your team. And also, like, wants to play for you and you kind of snub him like you have to understand that that is going to affect your relationships with everybody across the state and that's exactly what it did and i don't think the previous coaching staff or at least richard patino understood that whatsoever and it Literally, that decision you could pinpoint and say that is why Richard Pitino is no longer the coach of the Gophers. Because frankly, if he got McKinley Wright and McKinley Wright said, "My other D one teammates were going to come too," well, that's like Jericho Sims. That's even Matthew Hurt, whose brother was also on the team and is friends with McKinley Wright. This could be the, the program could be in it coming off of a really special season in a really special spot. Had that decision not been fumbled uh, the way it was by Patino and Co. But now McKinley Wright had a great career at Colorado, like you oh, said. You know, yeah. it probably worked out for the best for him. On, Multiple times all conference, two years in a row. The last two years here, he's a top ten finalist for national point guard of the year. I think the Timberwolves got a great get there. Chris Finch loved him from the second he saw him in Chicago. They brought him back to their, their um, workouts here in Minneapolis, where most of the league attended, and talked to him there. And they had basically like they had been telling him like, look, we want you. Um, you know, like we we think you'd be a great fit here. And obviously, they had to wait and see how the draft played out, but it worked out in their favor.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's just a, a great story. in uh, a kid who wants to be at home and wanted to – I was just – I've always been dumbfounded by it. And I, I've seen a lot of high school games over the years, a lot lot more than I want to admit. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I just – when I saw him play, even as a sophomore at Champlain Park, I'm like, this guy is special. He has – Uh, a grit and a tenacity you don't see every day plus the skills to go along with it and I think people maybe point to that state tournament where you know Champlin Park had another opportunity to win a state title but but going into that title game he had just found out that Archie Miller left Dayton and all of a sudden all his college plans were up in the air and and he had no idea where he was going to end up. So um, it, it is a great move, and, and we'll see how he does in the summer league. But, you know, I, I think at some point he's definitely a guy that, that we're going to see in a Timberwolves uniform. I really believe in him.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it's a two-way deal. Like, he's going to have half yeah. like – you get a certain number of days or whatever, and we'll see how they do it this year with COVID. They kind of, like, removed the restrictions last yep. year as, as far as how long two-way guys could be up in the NBA. We'll see what they do this time around. As we see COVID in the NFL, like, it, it still might be prevalent in the upcoming sports season. But you're right. I mean, that Archie Miller news, that came out the morning of the state championship game. And yep. I remember, like, yep. the stuff. Like, he was crying in his room the morning of the state championship game because his future, basically, I just had a major wrench thrown in it. Yep. And uh, talking to him yesterday, so the, the league-wide, basically – uh prospect workouts were held at Target Center. So McKinley Wright was back in there for that. But otherwise, like playing in front of fans, last night was the first time he did that since the state championship game. Um, last night was the first time at Target Center he'd done that since the state championship game. So kind of funny to see how things come full circle, but you're right. He's just like the ultimate point guard, a great leader. Um and, and right now, like Jordan McLaughlin hasn't signed back here yet. Like McKinley Wright you could say is the only other point guard on the roster besides D'Angelo Russell. Now I'd certainly expect Jordan McLaughlin to be back. But still, like Wright will be in the mix at point guard, and and as we see, injuries happen at the position, and McKinley Wright might be somebody they have to lead on, just like they had to lean on Jordan McLaughlin just last season.
1: Yeah, and you you can read uh, the piece uh, that Jay's did on McKinley Wright uh, on the website TwinCities. dot com, or pick up a copy of the paper. Uh, Jay's always good to visit with you, and uh, hopefully we can visit again down the road. Sounds good, Steve. Looking forward to it. All right, there he is, Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press joining us. And that is such a feel-good story about McKinley Wright, the fourth, and how it's kind of come full circle. Uh, and and to, to know how badly he wanted to play for the U and, and it didn't work out is, is just it, – it still breaks my heart. Worked out well for him in Colorado. Now he's back with the Timberwolves. And I, I think this is guy is going to have an impact. I really do. <sighs>